Well, you guys, you weren't here for the pre-show, but let me tell you, we have a very interesting episode today. Go ahead. I mean, good evening and welcome to the Hipset Podcast with me, Rabbi Simcha, our producer, Rabbitson Sherry B. Shalom. And we have uh, a special guest who we'll bring onto the show in a few minutes. And joining the special guest, we have someone that has tagged along for the ride. And uh, I've got a feeling the tag-along may end up becoming the main event. Anyway, Sherry, let's deal with the big news. Um, you are working at Trader Joe's. Yeah, I've got the, um, <laughs> the golden handcuffs, you know. Or, uh, yeah, can't think of a better food-related pun right now. But uh, yes, I am. I am working at Trader Joe's. This is what the big bucks of podcasting. Right, you open the podcast studio, mm-hmm. uh, an RV center to unite the uh, multicultural, diverse podcasting world of Brooklyn. Exactly. Uh, clearly, it's not gone uh, exactly as one planned. Rome wasn't well, built in a day. I gotta it say, it takes a while. It's growing. Well, hold on a second. Yes, that little RV right. podcast studio generates four thousand dollars of income a month. And what's the rent for the, the rent, lot? Shall yeah, we? exactly. The expenses are anywhere between Six. three to four thousand. Right. So no, we're you know we're and not the in the red. No, that's including everything. So you, co- how much are you coming out with a month? Um, on a good month, if nothing breaks, a thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and that is for a, a passion project, you know. I know, but you can't Wait, live. You, gotta, you, gotta you can't live on a thousand dollars a month, Sherry. No, I I tried. Well, actually, I have I've been living off a thousand dollars a month for a year. How's that possible? Uh, boyfriends, you know. Stop there. Okay, so now <laughs> you got the job at Trader Joe's. Yes. How's it going? Um, you get a staff discount. I get a staff discount. Oh, I have good to had. Know. Big girl jobs before, just for the record. In I've, corporate America? I've worked at ad agencies. I've Not edi- anymore. Actually, um, one of the podcasts that I edited at a company called Quartz shares the, building, shares the building with Trader Joe's. And one point, I remember they paid me like 10 grand for like five <laughs> episodes because it was wow. a branded content podcast with Facebook. But that's the life of a freelancer. It's feast or famine, you know? Trader one Joe's. One day it's $10,000 um, editing podcasts for Zuckerberg. <laughs> Next thing, it's uh, bagging yes. Zuckerberg's organic eggs. However, um, okay. however, you get to leave the work at home. Right. There's lots of really cool people that work there that are in the Everyone's cool, exact by the way. same position as me. It's not like I'm in Portlandia every yeah. time I go there. No, seriously. I talked to, there's lots of musicians. I talked to a guy who used to have a hedge fund who's actually. Um, he wants to start some kind of grocery app. So he's working there to like gather information for that. You know, I don't know if it'll work out or not, but the point is it's not, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Remember the guy from the Cosby show? Was one of the actors in the Cosby Show <laughs> is actually working in Trader Joe's. There you go. So you're in good company. There you go. There you go. And yeah, it's temporary. I get to leave the work at home, and I have a lot less anxiety. And actually, it's good honest work. Yeah. On actually, I've already I've seen an increase in my business since I started there. So it's bringing, it's bringing me blessings. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Uh, just uh, one quick anecdote for the listeners. What's been the most memorable experience uh, in your brief tenure at Trader Joe's? Okay, well, positive 
Also, I worked a lot this weekend. That's why my voice sounds like I smoked 500 cigarettes. But um, positive, there was a chef from Bushwick in the line who recognized me from the neighborhood and invited me to her restaurant and said she would give me a discount. I also got free tea from David's Tea for working at Trader Joe's. I went to pay. He goes, you work at Trader Joe's? said, yes. No problem. But then the the negative was um, one of the things, one of the reasons everyone there is so happy-ish because it's a cult, but also because there's no hierarchy. So everyone has to bag groceries. Everyone has to do the shit work. Well, everyone does everything? Yeah, exactly. Even the manager? Yes. Oh, and so they like a kibbutz. Yes. <laughs> so they put, me, they put me on stocking potatoes and I sucked at it because they give you like a giant heavy. crate of potatoes to the sky and you have like an hour to unload them. And then it was funny because I was doing it as fast as I could. I could tell it was too slow. People started helping me out. And then they were shaming me afterwards. But they were doing it in corporate speak. Because they can't just come right out and tell you that you suck at stocking the potatoes. How, how do they say it? Oh, they were like, they're like, you know, you know, Sherry, if you ever need to communicate, you know, just... Uh, just let us know, you know, just let us like communicate with like, yeah, I communicated. I said that this was really heavy and I can't do it that fast. Like they're like, and then they just kept looking at me. They actually looked at me in shock that I admitted that this was really hard and I couldn't do it fast enough. And then they just kind of like short circuited a little bit and then just kept saying this corporate speak about communicating and that kind of stuff. So. Find your authentic true self. Yeah. In the yams. Yep. Okay. Uh, which trend? I Joe am is what it? I am. <laughs> nice. uh, Chelsea, come visit oh, me. Trendy. Yeah. And what are your hours? What days? What's the, the shift? Hours. Well, see. Just for the listeners. You're going to be really mad about this. Because oh, no, no. It's not the Sabbath. Tell me it's not the Sabbath, Sherry. It's Friday and Saturday. Oh, but, Sherry, I'm your rabbi. 5 p.m. Wow. to oh. 1 a.m. Wow. And then Sunday, 12 to 8. Wow. Okay. That, that, that. I know. I'm calling up. Who's the manager? (laughs) His name is Brian. Okay, we'd like to ask the listeners of the Hipset podcast, (laughs) call in to Brian of the Trader Joe Chelsea and complain that he has a Jewess on aisle 12 bagging yams on the Sabbath who should not be there. It's the only time that they're hiring for those hours. Unbelievable. All right, moving on. Okay. Wow, that was a that was a vibe killer. <laughs> okay, all right. Segwaying to tonight's guest. Okay, joining us on the Hipsid Podcast, uh, we have I have a rule of thumb that I live by, which is anyone that uh, that uh, Jessica Tamia Deitch sends my way uh, is a bracha and a blessing for goodness and kindness. So a few months ago, Jessica sent me an email. I have a great friend who would be an amazing artist to have a show in the gallery. I said, done and done. And that is how Aviva Bogot, am I saying it right? Yep. As in Humphrey? Yep. There you go. That is how Aviva Bogot crossed uh, um, um, my path, my desk, my life, my trajectory. So welcome to the Hipster Podcast, Aviva Bogot. Thank you. Do you go by Rabbi Simcha or Simcha? Um... As long as it's not Rabbi Weinstein. Okay. So, uh, Let's Simcha, Simcha, Rabbi Simcha, it's good. My son is also sitting here. Uh, Mendel Weinstein, say hello. Hello. Just so the listeners know, me and Mendel are coming off a furious argument uh, in the car on the way here, which we're going to get into later on. Um, 
So uh, you can call me Simcha. Great. Mandel has called me it's, other I'm names. really grateful to be here, Simcha. There you go. Okay, so should we tell the listeners what is about to happen? Though we are on podcast time, so uh, we're in the future right now. But tomorrow night, we have uh, in the gallery, the Hadass Gallery, 541 Myrtle Avenue, we are uh, launching the opening of your art show, The Fish Tish. So before we get into The Fish Tish, let's talk a little bit about uh, the origin stories of Aviva. Who is Aviva? Where is Aviva? And what is Aviva? Well, I think the most important thing to start out with is that I'm not going to go through me being born and stuff, but I grew up in Massachusetts and I was very pious and a devout young young girl. And when I was 12, 13 years old, um, the school that I went to, I grew up Hasidic, and the school that I went to, the Hasidic oh, school, going there. Okay. It, it, it's important, <laughs> it's vital, it's vital. Okay. Um, the school that I went to in Sharon, Massachusetts closed down. Uh-oh. There was a school in Boston, but it was non-Hasidic. And because it was non-Hasidic, I turned to my parents and I told them, I got to go to a Hasidic school and there is none around. And so I chose Brooklyn, New York, and I left home at 13 years old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you grew up in a Hasidic family. Yeah. I was shocked when you told me that. I thought we'd met a few times, we're working on the art show, and I figured, oh, it's uh, Aviva's a hipster. Because you told me you live in Crown Heights, I'm looking at you, I'm, I, I'm, I, right now I'm looking at your comic, right now it's in my hand, I'm going to show Sherry, take a look at this, and I figured Aviva's a hipster. I was shocked to find out that hipster Aviva was actually um, a graduate of Beth Rifka. That's right. High school. That's right. Um, Lefferts. Mm. Uh, Crown, Crown. The high school. Okay. So you grew up in Sharon. Your mm-hmm. family are, are Chabad, Lubavitch family? Yeah, Chabad. Um, my dad, when he was in um, MIT in college, he well, walked wait, 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 onto so a, a smarty pants. He's a smarty pants. He's a software engineer. Wow. He walked onto a mitzvah tank, which is like a room on wheels. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Yeah. And he just walked well, on me. and he just, he felt the truth. He saw the light. And he okay. became religious and he wow. became Chabad. Wow. And um, he met my mom and she also um, became religious and Chabad with him and they raised us completely Chabad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how many kids in the family? Five. Kanai Nahara. Beautiful. Okay. So you mm-hmm. went to Beis Rivka mm-hmm. and I get the feeling you were sort of the the, um, the arty Semite in the class, right? Absolutely. You were yes. sort of doodling and you're creating and you're a creative and... Um, from my, my understanding is that the school is, is homogenous. It, it, things are changing, by the way. I mean, I, I don't know if you've I been, uh, so. you know, if anyone's been around Crown Heights, you'll notice a bit of a, sh- uh, a, a sea change, a real shift in, in, in the, I, I guess, the, um, the embracement uh, of, of the arts, of, of culture, uh, certainly in fashion, in photography. I think it's something that Chabad have embraced, but I think when you were in high school, um, I, I guess uh, art classes were not maybe on the curriculum. No, there were art classes okay. actually, but I never even knew I was an artist back then. Okay. I mean, there were art classes I didn't identify as an artist at all, and I wasn't one of those artists that always had a sketchbook in my hand. Okay. Nothing like that. I just had the mind of an artist and okay. the spirit of an artist. And um, essentially what that means is that I was an independent thinker. Okay. I think, and I was, I'm interested in pushing limits and pushing boundaries. Okay. And the way I can describe it is- Too cool for school. Yeah, I sort of like, they were allergic to me. Like, they didn't know what was wrong with me, but somehow I managed to like, like be an alert. I bumped up on their radar as someone that, you know, 
it they was unsafe and threatening the the group psychology. Okay, so you felt a little polarized in high school. Yeah. And then, but I, I I've I've uh, just to give the listeners the background that you have two degrees, mm-hmm. right? You have a degree yeah. from Brooklyn College yeah. in English English. English. Wow. Okay. What what made you decide to go to Brooklyn College? Um, well, in my graduating class, there were only four out of 130, maybe, of, of girls in my graduating class that were continuing, you know, secular education. And I wanted to be one of them. I just had this feeling like, I should go to college. Okay. <laughs> so that was that. And I went to Brooklyn College. And um, not to be outdone by your uh, MIT illustrious father, right. you then went to FIT, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. MIT, FIT. What was, uh, what did you study in FIT? Fine arts, so that was later so you had in two life. Two degrees, yeah, you had two BFAs. That's impressive. Oh, a BA and a BFA. It's a lot of tuition over there. Oh yeah, Coming but to, they're cunies. Serious loans over here. They're cunies. Right. Okay. So, uh, and and how was how was the uh, how was FIT? It was it was really a great experience. I wanted to learn the craft, and now I've learned it. It's okay. very simple. The teachers are excellent, although you know the system. It's a bureaucracy, and. Um, just there were certain things I didn't like about it, but it was all the about bureaucracy. FIT. Yeah, it wasn't the teachers. It's interesting that the, 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 I guess the base Rivka environment was also, uh, you, you felt stifled and FIT, a similar... Yeah, I just, I can't handle bureaucracies. Right. They just, they make me rage. Okay. All the red tape, you know. You hear that, son? Rage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, okay, so, yeah. but you don't look the raging type to me. You look zen and you look peace and you certainly have a, 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 a karma and, and a calmness about you. Um, so after FIT, you, mm-hmm. you're, today you are a Hebrew school teacher? Yeah, I teach Judaism. I've been teaching Judaism for seven years now. Wow, there you yeah. go. And uh, tell the listeners about your art. All right, well, what I'll, what I'll start out with is actually still a little bit personal, but I'll get into the art. So as I grew up uh, Hasidic and Jewish, I was aware of there being a lot of suffering within the Jewish consciousness psychology. And I just, just my gut was like, get away from this. I couldn't face it. And so I looked into a lot of other religions and I actually traveled the world and studied other religions. So I went to India, I studied Buddhism, I studied Hinduism. Wow. Um, and then I studied Rastafarianism in Jamaica. Man, if you go to Jamaica, <laughs> your mother's going to kill you, even more than she is now. Um, and, and then kill me. <laughs> at, at some point in Jamaica, a woman told me she. Hey, Mandel, leave the apartment. <laughs> okay. She said. Um, okay, so that, we're, yeah. just, we're in Jamaica. Yeah. You got kicked out of the Rastafarian uh, group. That's right. You have no mazel over here, okay? No. And no. then you found essentially what you were looking for in your own backyard. Yeah, they were talking a lot about roots and how right. they eat root vegetables and they grow their hair into dreadlocks because of the roots. And it made me start thinking about my own roots. So I did a, a journey to um, to Svass. Germany. Oh, Okay. Germany and I visited <laughs> <laughs> I visited um, concentration camps I visited one called Sachsenhausen oh, wow. near Berlin it was a really a, a deep experience for me and what I realized there is that I was identifying as a Holocaust survivor even though I never went through it which made me start thinking about generational trauma and what it means to identify well, okay. with an experience that you actually didn't experience, but psychosomatically you are creative re- conscious. Yeah, you're create you're living the experience, but you actually didn't live through it. Um, 
And so someone describes generational trauma very well. It's a horrible metaphor, but it's effective. If a woman is with an abusive spouse and she's pregnant when her child is born, they will suffer from symptoms of abuse immediately when they're born or they'll show symptoms of abuse. That's, you know, so just to give an idea. Um, so I started thinking about generational trauma and in my art, I started realizing I want to talk about Jews. I want to talk about generational trauma, but I want to do it in a way where it feels good. It feels like, basically I had this conversation with my mom. I called her up. I said, ma, I'm working with generational trauma. I'm trying to do make art from it, but I have a question for you. As I work in generate with generational trauma, it's hard to bear. How do you do it? Like, how do you live with the trauma of the Holocaust? My mother was born in a displaced person camp. Um, her parents, their, both wow. of their families were wiped out and they met in a displaced person camp, in a DP camp after the Holocaust and had my mother. So I told my mother, I'm like, how do you do it? How do you deal with this generational trauma? And for her, just trauma, not even generational. And you know what she told me? She said, and, and I said, Ma, give me a good answer. You know, because sometimes she can be so negative and so not affirmative, unfortunately. And I just didn't, I needed help. I needed an answer. And she looked at me and she said, by laughing. Jewish people have always laughed. Oppressed people tend to be witty. Oppressed people tend to be witty, but Jewish people in specifically have a right. have a lineage of turning their sorrow into, right. you know, humor. Right. And so I started getting curious about where the origin of Jewish humor actually was, and it led me to Chelm. Chelm. Oh. Chelm I ended up in Chelm. Okay. Yeah. And that's the name of my Explain sculpture. Explain for the listeners that may not know Chelm. Mm -hmm. um, Chelm is an actual town in Poland, but I was more interested in the mythological right. element. Um, the story goes that an angel had a sack full of damaged souls on his way back to heaven for repair, got stuck in a storm, the bag tore, and all the damaged souls fell into Chelm. And now there's Chelm stories that are circulated and that have been circulated now for maybe even hundreds of years. And they're sort of like a backwards humor. But to me, they sort of signify the essential Jewish humor. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll put on my Sigmund Freudian uh, yarmulke Do for it. a second. Um, I, I, you've, you may have left um, Beis Rivka and, and your Hasidic roots, but I don't think the Hasidic roots left you. And that just like your father stepped into that mitzvah tank and found Judaism on his own volition, it was his own journey. So too, I think you had to go on your own journey. I think you had to find it for yourself. Um, it's not easy to uh, to sort of be told to do something without feeling it, without experiencing it, without journeying with it. And and you went on this this odyssey, and you kind of reconnected with your roots, and you've been able to synthesize. I guess your artistic talents with with your mystical traditions and 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 maybe that feels sort of your calling. Yeah, I started getting very interested artistically in what a visual pun is. And what a visual pun is, is something visual that's also funny and also Jewish. And right. so I was cooking with this idea, what's visual, funny, and Jewish? And um, I looked at Picasso a lot. I looked at Paul Clay a lot. Um, and I just, I came up with... And I also wanted to do obscure symbolism. I didn't want to draw menorahs and stars of David's right. and Hamsas. I needed it to be subtle and I needed it to 
people to be open to it in a way that was unexpected. That's right. where the humor is. Humor right. is in the unexpected, right? The juxtaposition. It's very whimsical, by the way. Thank you. I should just tell the audience, I'm holding your, this is a, a, a graphic novel, a comic book? Yeah, it's a, Expl- it's a explain zine. Explain what this is. All right, so it's a zine. A it's, zine. It's a zine that I was okay. inspired by a I'm magazine. I'm 43, I don't know, what's a zine? <laughs> it's a magazine, it's got a history. I just joined Instagram, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not in it. Zines. Yeah, Sherry wait, grabbed wait, wait. the mic. Sorry, I got to weigh in here. As a 43-year-old, you should, zines should totally be your jam. Okay. Because they were like the blogs that people were making. Well, when zine you is short for magazine? Yeah, yeah. It's an independent magazine. And oh, okay. that was like a very like big thing. Like the Pratt, Pratt. Okay, I'm you were in your 20s. Zine. Okay, fine. So, yeah. You, you, no excuse for not knowing what a zine is. I used to read this zine called, uh, I'm not going to say. I was... <laughs> Grew up secular. Okay. So it's inspired by a Jewish... Viz, it was called. Viz is the zine. Don't ask. Do not Google that. Please. <laughs> you know everyone's going to, right? Yeah, it's bad. Um, I had a zine. Yeah, it was called That's What I Call Hits. Really? I did six issues and I just used it as an excuse to talk to cute bands that I liked and had a crush on. Maybe you could talk to Trader Joe's and it could sell the zine... Uh, by the counter. So you could be like, hey, have you seen this great zine? We need to get back to our guest here, but Sorry. I did sell it at a coffee shop. How'd it go? It was great. It was great. Yeah, I sold it at the coffee well, shop. Good, Jerry. You're no, slapping no, I'm serious. This was like 1999. Okay. It was really, it was nice. Anyway, moving on. All right. This, ba- is, what, this is bringing me back. Bring, be, dialing it back. Okay, back to the guest. So you had this epiphany. To yeah. create a zine. That's right. And I okay. wanted... Which I'm holding in my hand. You're holding it in your hand. I love it, by the way. It was based off of a Jewish Reader's Digest called Neshei Chabad. Okay. Neshei Chabad. It has a very specific formula. Right. There's recipes. There's advice on what to do if you need to get married. There's ads for um, digestion because Jews obviously have a lot of like gastrointestinal work to do because they eat a lot. Well, because chalent. they were starved. Yeah. So we'll, we'll there's that all too. that. And um and there's wig there's wig um you don't gain weight on Shabbos you know who told me that <laughs> fat rabbis okay so uh, the Sheikh Abad's <laughs> like the magazine that the Rebbitsons read while um the uh, the dudes are like you know um, um, I don't know praying and their kids and their eight kids are that running kind of around thing. on yeah, Saturday they're on afternoon the couch, they got on the Sheikh Abad okay so mm-hmm. you decided to make a parody almost yeah it's a, a parody post post modern. It's a loving satire. Right, very much. Yeah, it's a loving, but loving, stress on the loving. Because right. I know a lot of artists that have anger. And you I know the thing is interesting how, how a lot of the tropes from your childhood are now informing and infusing your art? I think it is interesting. Right. That's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so explain the zine. What's the zine called? So the zine is called Chelm. Okay. And instead of the- Chelm myth- being the like mythical- Yeah, based um, on the mythological shtetl- town. Stories of Shalom Alechem, uh, right. shtetl culture. That's okay, right. but instead of instead of people, they're fish. Just to tell us, as it says here, Chelm, pronounce like you have something stuck in your throat. That's right. That's funny. Thank you. You wrote that? Yeah, I did. It's cute. I like that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's very whimsical. So explain explain it. So what am I explaining? What this zine is, okay. what's the story, what it looks like. It's based okay. on the Sheikh Abad. It's based on the Sheikh Abad. Okay. It's also based on Chelm, these backward stories. I wanted symbolism like fish. One morning, fish. I just came up with this idea. Member. Fish. Fish is going to be the obscure symbol and that I'm going to use as a, as a visual pun. That, that's you get what back it was. from Jamaica, Mendel. <laughs> Cats in the cradle. Um, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and so these people, these fish, these Hasidic fish are having a conversation and it's a very bizarre conversation. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, you got to read it. You got to read it. If you have a more specific question. I love it. You have a shaitl advertisement over here um, for Fager's wigs. Fager's wigs. That's based on an actual advertisement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so and and this is culminating in in our show tomorrow night. That's right. That's right. So explain the show. So this zine goes along with the sculpture. It's a sculpture made out of paper mache, um, wire, stockings. Can I be clay. honest with you? Yes. So when Jessica said, "I got this friend. She's awesome. She can do a great art show," I said yes because Jessica is literally like a sister to me. Right. I had no idea exactly. <laughs> I, think I can say that now I, I had no idea what this show involved and just to uh, tell the listeners and Sherry you're going to be blown away um, so Aviva turns up with how many matzo balls? hundreds if not thousands thousands <laughs> there is currently right now in the gallery thousands of matzo balls hanging from floor to ceiling thousands and mythical fish with lanterns explain the whole thing it looks yeah. Incredible. Well, you're going to walk in and I'm not going to give it all away, but the fish will be illuminated but by... By the time this podcast is out, it's already past the opening. So you can... Uh, oh, okay. You can say the whole thing. All right. So you'll be invited to engage with these fish, to laugh with them, at them. And it's actually turning into something of a shtetl musical. Okay. So I got together with um, six performers, musicians, cantors, everyone that I got gathered for this show. They specialize in Eastern European Shmuley, Jewish melody. Yes. Yeah. Shmuley Blazowski, Ezek Luck, Levi, Aknav, Batya, Aknav, um, Sipora Gottesman. All my homies over here. Yeah. They're, okay, they're my homies, homies too. Right? And they're pulling me a solid, you know. Love it. And Love it. And we gathered, we sat together, and we thought about the shtetl Ezzy, I'm not paying him, because I always pay him. For this <laughs> yeah, one. no, no one's getting paid. Everyone just loves me and wants no and believes in my paid, art. Especially me. Okay, <laughs> so okay, so you, we've, got the, we've got the homies. So their homies are going to be performing a shtetl musical. So we're going to read chapters of the book, and in between the book chapters, there's going to be like classic oh, like Yiddish tunes. Recipe over here. There's a gefilte fish recipe, which is ironic. Well, actual recipe. Because it's talking about how to catch your friend while they're not looking and cook them up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've all been there. <laughs> and the next recipe Kogel. has a lot of salt, but check how much salt is on, in the recipe. How much salt? 50 <laughs> teaspoons of salt. Salt and oil. Uh, a lot of oil, yeah. It's just making fun of how Oh, you put 112 tablespoons of vegetable oil. That's right. Right. Because if you've ever seen Eastern European Jewish food, you know oh, what I I'm talking about. Uh, trust me. There I, you go. Uh, yeah. Tasted the oil. What's your favorite part of, of the zine? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I'll tell you why I asked that question. Because yeah. I'd like you, if you would honor us with reading yeah. in preparation for Absolutely. tomorrow night, which <clears throat> will have already finished by the time this drops, I'd like to ask you to give the listener mm -hmm. a world exclusive and read okay. a part of the zine. Of, of the stories of Helm, All the right, Shtetl stories, through the lens of Mishay Chabad. All right, this one is stapled. Okay. okay, so let's see here. I'll just read a little excerpt from the actual story, okay? Um, How come your bread fell but a side up? 
It's so obvious. My butter was spread on the wrong side. Why is the sea salty? Naturally, because all the herring, herring, a salted fish delicacy of Eastern Europe. Why are the summer days long and the winter days short? Easy. In the summer, the days expand because of the heat. In the winter, they contract because of the cold. The mayor nearly jumped out of his scales with delight. Even for Chalmites, this was truly a great mind. In the course of his travels as representative of Chelm, Gimple realized Chelm did not have a book of chronicles. Why do I tell you this? Whilst rummaging some old papers, I came across a worn, yellow, dusty document, none other than the chronicles of Chelm. I read it fascinated, and feeling as I do that the people of Chelm would want me to share their wisdom, here I am to tell the tale. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Okay. I love it. So I'm really excited for tomorrow night. Uh, you spent hours and hours and hours uh, yeah. setting up the show. I know we have a crowd coming. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be, st by the time this podcast drops, there's going to be pictures uh, all over on, on your gram, on my gram. So I, I'm right. thrilled about that. And uh, I just wanted to kind of bring things a little more current because we are standing today in, if you remember, uh, Base Rifka days, it's actually the uh, Hasidic uh, day of Chai Elul. It's actually the uh, right, Chai Elul, the life of Elul, the birth of the Baal Shem Tov mm -hmm. and the Baal Tanya, the first uh, Chabad um, Rebbe. And we're exactly two weeks to uh, Rosh Hashanah. It's like, uh, this is when uh, it starts to get a little real. I always feel like Chayel is like, okay, this is happening. You've passed the point of no return. And we know that like the fish are like central to, to Rosh Hashanah. We know yeah. that uh, there's the famous uh, prayer on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, Tashlich, where one goes, to an, <laughs> one goes to an open body of water. And just as fish do not close their eyes, so too our eyes are opened to spirituality. So I want to ask you, Aviva, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts for the new year, mm. for Rosh Hashanah? What are your hopes and your dreams and your mm -hmm. aspirations? And uh, and uh, how are we going to connect these things uh, to to your art? Mm. Well, I'm hoping from my art, it has a dual function. I hope that people that have not had exposure to Judaism, Hasidism, I hope to expose them and educate them on a, literally a world that they have no clue exists, I think, some of them. And then I also want um, Hasidic people that read this to, to sort of ask themselves, like, is there separatism in Judaism? Is that okay? Do we still have to have a fear of assimilation? In order to keep our identity, do we have to be insular? How insular? Um, these are questions, but ultimately they both, it's the bridge. I want to I wanna bridge... Um, I want to bridge Jewish people to people that are secular or not Jewish because I don't believe in separatism. Right. I really don't. And um, this art is really, you know, fueled by this Jewish concept of tikkun olam, healing the world and fixing the world. Um, and it's, it's radical compassion at its, at its essence. It's meeting people and, and connecting to them human to human. So I hope that my art... Um, is is humanistic. I really do, and that and that people relate to each other um, on this most basic level of interconnectedness. Wow! Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um, that's 
really, really, really beautiful. And, and I think that, uh, you know, so often we become uh, so focused on optics. I've noticed that since, uh, you know, it's different being a Baltuva and raising a, a child within, uh, you know, I guess the religious setting, the religious infrastructure, the religious establishment. There is this focus on, on, on optics and there's almost, there is a fear factor. There's, There's definitely the, a, and factor. we need to. I, I'm trying very much to build bridges and not burn bridges, mm. and uh, it's 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 a very difficult balance. How am I doing so far, son? Uh, okay, I guess. Well, that's just <laughs> <laughs> just okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll edit that, Sherry. We'll we'll uh, re uh, revoice him uh, with. It's going great. Yeah, we'll get Donnie. Donnie, the uh, the talking uh, monkey head over here. So, uh, I, and and uh, I, I think what you're doing is courageous. I think what Thank you're you. doing is 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 coming from a place of love and a place of reverence. And I think you're opening people up to say you don't always have to go to uh, to Jamaica. That there is spirituality, you know, in in your backyard, and then we don't have to focus so much on on the fear. We can focus on on the love. But if you can go to Jamaica, Yaman, then go to Jamaica. There you go. I have a good friend, actually, Paul Rhodes, Dr. Paul Rhodes, who lives in Jamaica, and he offered me a free, he, he, he runs a hotel in Jamaica. Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. Is that the one that's like made out of all bamboo? Yes. Yeah, but Boston Beach? Yes. I've been there. Get out of here. It's the best place. Yo, he offered me free you room You know that board. guy? Yes. We have to talk. He had a show in the gallery. Okay, there you go. All right. That's my favorite place in Jamaica. Okay, so we're going to be having a Hipsid podcast trip to Jamaica. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so I want to thank very much, Aviva, for coming on, on the podcast. Thank you so much. How can our me. listeners uh, find... Oh, let's get to the tactless over here. Yeah. How are we monetizing the art? That is a great right? question. And actually, that Not brings easy. me to my next point. Yes. Which is that um, if you want to get involved with this project in any way, shape, or form, then I'm easily reachable. Go fund um, me. Go fund yeah. Aviva. Yeah, exactly. How do I fund you? Um, Who's well, funding you? I'm starting a GoFundMe soon. Nice. Right now, um, right, a lot of people are doing me a lot of favors, including you, Simcha, and I'm so grateful. But eventually, yeah, I, I definitely want uh, this project to be funded, and that's the plan. So my Instagram is avivabogue underscore art. Um, my website is avivabogue.art. Um, and if you specialize in Eastern European shtetl tunes, that also is great because I'm having another show, another solo show um, in October. And so I'm looking for performers. I'm looking for all sorts of help. And if you feel passionate about this project, for whatever reason, then please reach out. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for uh, allowing us to... Um, to have our synagogue adorned with your beautiful work. We're not going to be keeping the uh, 12,000 matzo balls uh, mm -hmm. over the holidays because um, they kind of hang down and uh, get in the way. turn it into like a giant soup after no. the show? So what, what we're doing is we're keeping the fish, Sherry. Oh. So for the entire month of Tishrei, for all the Chagim, Aviva's fish will be hanging from the ceiling. Some of them have beards, some have shaitels, some have black hats. So you will be, they will be like swimming around you. It'd be amazing. I love it. Right? Yeah. What do you think of the zine? 
I love the zine. It's beautiful. The fish are so expressive and amazing. And I just, this is going to be an incredible show. Thank you so much. Okay, so Aviva, here's looking at you, kid. Um, I'm thrilled to to have met you. I, your work is amazing. I can't wait to have it in the shul. Thank you. I want to uh, uh, really ask all the listeners check Aviva out. Uh, you're on you're on all the all the, the social medias. How do we find you? All right, Aviva Bogue underscore art. Want to thank Sherry B. And uh, everyone, if you find yourself in the Chelsea Trader Joe um, uh, on Shabbos, uh, get out because it's Shabbos. And before you get out, drag Sherry out because it's Shabbos. Well, well, or just grab a few kosher items, which we have. Not on Shabbos. Um, by the way, they have really good lacquers, so I will be uh, okay. I'll be coming over there before Hanukkah to use your Give staff me my discount. Staff discount. Uh, also, want to thank Mendel Weinstein for coming on the show. Thank you, Mendel. Yeah. How's your experience on the uh, the Hipsid podcast? Interesting. Another interesting observation: <laughs> Mendel was not so quiet in the car on the way over here. Funny once the mics turned on. Okay, so I'd like to end off. We'll do a quick round robin. I want to ask everyone for their thoughts, their dreams, their prayers, their aspirations, as I believe, Sherry, this is going to be the Rosh Hashanah show, I think. So we want to ask everyone for your thoughts, your resolutions for the new Jewish year. Lashana Tova, we'll start with Sherry. Uh, I don't know how this works. I can just say anything? Anything. Okay. I want to... um, Double my revenue, learn Hebrew, and nice. get my driver's license. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Aviva Bogue, underscore odd. What's your uh, resolutions for the new Jewish year? Uh, well, I'm just going to be really practical like Sherry and say that I want to be having a nice big studio this year to make my work. Oh. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. If anyone knows of <laughs> a space, let me know. Okay. There you go. Okay. Mendel Weinstein. What is your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations? By the way, mummy does not listen to this show, so uh, you're, you're, you're free uh, from the tyranny of nice. What, what are your dreams for the new year ahead? To make it in my new school. Okay, there you go. Um, so uh, I want to uh, really uh, close off by thanking the listeners. My thoughts, my dreams for the new Jewish year are just to make it through the next month. Because uh, if you know, uh, if you're a rabbi, this is the silly season. So uh, I have a month of meals and spiels, and 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 I love it. But it does, uh, it does, it takes the kishkas out of me, and uh, I love it. I live for it. But I I hope and pray I have the strength to survive it and thrive through it. So uh, I want to thank the listeners. I want to wish everyone a happy, healthy, sweet new year. Lashana Tova. And I will see you on the other side. This is me, Rabbi Simcha, saying good night, good night.